Okay, let's get started with our discussion. This year, Parshas Vayishlach, Tavshin Lamed, Tavshin Ayin Gimel, Tavshin Ayin Gimel, uh, one night early, but um, it's the same Parsha, even though it's uh, Tuesday, but Tuesday night is already considered Wednesday, already lo- looking forward to the next Shabbos, where you can't make Havdalah anymore if anybody uh, didn't say it. Uh, I once had that Shaila about Havdalah on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon, but um, um, anyway... For our purposes, we can discuss the parasha of the whole week. And tonight we have Vayishlach, Perak Lamedachbez, Pasuk Ches. We start off with the meeting of Yaakov and Esav, getting ready for the meeting. And, Ra- and the Pasuk says, <coughs> Vayira Yaakov Ma'od Vayetzerlo. Yaakov was extremely frightened. Extremely frightened. He's going back into the lion's den. Right? Yeah, the last time he met Esav, or he knew of Esav, he had stolen the brachas, in quotes, and Esav wanted to kill him, and he's nervous. Vayir Yaakov Ma'od, very much. Vayetzer lo, and also another Lashon of in pain. And therefore, Vayachat says, Amasher Ito, he splits the camp. He splits up the camp, and he prepares in three ways, as Rashi says. But let's focus on this. The first phrase in this Pasuk, he was very scared. Chazal already picked up on the fact that there's a double Lashon here. Vayira and Vayetzer. He was in pain. And he was scared. Rashi, Vayira Vayetzelo, Vayira Shema Yehareg. So first of all, he was scared that Esav was going to kill him. So he was scared. Vayetzelo, Im Yaharoku et Acherim. And he was also nervous that he was going to have to kill Esav. It says Acherim. So we discussed a couple of years ago this question, and we know that it doesn't say Esav, but Acherim. But... We're going to focus, assume that it's Asa, who's the Acherim. So what exactly is meant by this Rashi? Why, what's the problem? Asks, we never did this safer before, the Vayomer Avraham. Who is the Vayomer Avraham? Rebavadi Yosef's father-in-law. He has a safer out, Refatal. We don't know much about him, but, um, but he has a two-volume safer that I found, Vayomer Avraham. Here, we don't really get what he says because he's going to quote his son-in-law. But either way, it's Ravadi Yosef's father-in-law in the Vayomer Avraham. So he quotes, quotes the Medrash, starts off with the Medrash that Rashi quotes, and that he's scared because he might be killed, and he's scared that he might have to kill. Line 3, V'lechara yesh lahavin. Lama hayachoshesh pen yaragat Esav. What was he so scared about? He might have to kill Esav? So that would be a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of Rodev. It's a mitzvah of Habal hargacha hashkim lahargo. You're allowed to kill in self-defense. It's a mitzvah to kill in self-defense. What was he so scared about? It's exactly what he, what he was supposed to do. To be scared that, that he would be killed. Okay, it's no mitzvah for a person to die. Uh, even though he was on the level of Yaakov Avinu, and, and we assume that he, he, he would accept his fate, see the Kadin, but he could still be nervous whenever the time comes. But in terms of killing Esau, what was he so nervous about? So again, a question that we have dealt with before. In the past, as I said, we mentioned Achirim. Maybe he would become a killer and he might kill others. That was the, the answer we've given in the past. But he gives a different answer in the name of his son-in-law, Revovadia, based on a mashal. Gives a mashal. Shehizbir api mashal. Maisa shahaya b'melech sarfas echad shahayelo yoitz chacham. There was a king that had a very wise advisor. Chose b'kochavim. Someone who could see into the stars. An astrologer. And he always told the future. Always told the king whatever he needed, you know exactly what, what was going to happen. 
He got it right most of the time. Right? The king loved it. Right? He had a he had a fortune teller. He gave him covet, he gave him osher, and the other advisors obviously were jealous. You know, this advisor is getting all of the covet, all of the fame, all of the king's attention. So they made up a story about him. They made up a story. They framed him. Framed him. This advisor. You think he's helping you? No, he wants to assassinate you, whatever it is. He's, he's hooked up with the enemies of the king. He's going to overthrow you. You got to be careful. You got to throw him out. You got to put him in the dungeon. He's Morib Malchus. Morib Malchus. He rebels. So the king calls him in. Very upset. And he says to him, line 13, Could you see in the future what's in store for you? Asked the king to the advisor. Look in the stars. Tell me what's going to happen to you later today. And this advisor was a smart guy. And he realizes something is going on here. He realizes it. You see something in the future? Okay, tell me, tell me your day of death. When you, how long do you have on this earth? The he was so scared. He realizes that what is the king thinking? and he's starting to look at the stars. It's as if he's looking, but he's trying to think. What should I do now? What can I do? And after a few minutes. His, he makes his face turn white and red and all different colors. And he says, Your Majesty, I have terrible news. Adoni Amelach, you know what I just saw? Hakochavim giluli. Si sakana gadola merachefez aroshi. There's a great, tremendous danger on my head. But that's not why I'm so nervous. You know why I'm nervous? Because I see in the stars that you're going to die three days after I do. And I'm not worried so much about myself, but I'm worried about you, my dear, wonderful king. I am so nervous about you. And the king jumps and realizes he doesn't want to have that on his head. And the king was him, and the king gave him extra protection for the rest of his life. He had bodyguards going with him. Chazal tell us. What did Rivka say in the parsha a couple of weeks ago? Loma eshkal gam shneichem yom echad. What did she say? I'm nervous that I'm going to lose both my children on the same day. That Esav is going to kill Yaakov, which we know ultimately happens in a certain sense. As the Gemara tells us in Sota, the day they buried Yaakov, Esav got his head chopped off by Chushim, the son of Dun. Right? So, and the Chazal say that was a fulfillment of Rivka's words. But Yaakov Avinu knew this, knew this message. He knew this nevuah from Rivka. See, he was scared he was going to have to kill Esav. Why? Because if he kills Esav, Rivka already was misnabe. She already right, prophet, uh, prof, um, prophesied that it's going to be on the same day. She Rivka misnabe by Yaakov Esav Yamusu B'yamechad. Even though it wasn't exactly on the same day, we know there was at least a partial fulfillment. They were buried on the same day. As we know the story that we discussed in the past, 
of Chushim, the deaf son of, of Don, who was able to do away with Asaph. So now we read the Rashi. He was worried that he would die, and he was worried that he might have to kill Asaph, which might also lead to his death on the same day. So it's really one idea in Rashi, not two separate worries that he had. Okay. Moving right along. Paraglamid Bays, Pasik Chaf Vav. As we have the fight, well, first we have the meeting between Esav and Yaakov, and on the way, we have he takes his wives, he takes every, all his 11 children, his 11 sons, and where was Dina? We know she was hiding. We'll get back to that uh, later. He takes him over the river. Yaakov is left alone. And he struggles. He wrestles with a man until the morning. Ish. Ish imo. He realizes that he cannot... He, who's the he? The Ish, who we know was Saro Shalesav, realizes he cannot overcome Yaakov Avinu. He touches or he moves the thigh of Yaakov. And it got dislocated or dislodged. And at that point, he realizes that's it. There's nothing more that he could do. Send me away. Because the morning has come. And every phrase here is is laden with meaning and with and with unclear elements that Chazal pick up on. Send me away? What, what, what do you mean send me away? The morning? What does the morning have to do with send me away? No, I'm not letting you go. And he adds on and changes his name to Yisrael, which we'll, we'll get to. A number of points on this, on this encounter. Question number one. What happens here? The Sarah Shalesa started up with him. Started up with him. And he grabs him and he fights with him. And finally at the end he says, okay, let me go. They were, they were grabbing each other. Let me go. So what's going on? The Malach is saying, okay, I'm finished. I give in. Let me go. Yaakov doesn't let him go. If Reuben starts a fight with Shimon and they're fighting with each other and then finally Reuben realizes that he can't, he can't overcome Shimon. Okay, fine. Leave. I'm leaving. No, Shimon said, no, no, you're not leaving. Why didn't Yaakov let him leave? He doesn't let him leave. He's, the Malach started the fight. Okay, he realizes that he can't, he can't succeed. So finally he says, okay, let me go. Shalcheni. Yaakov says, no, not until you give me a bracha. What do you need a bracha for? Just let him leave. He needs the bracha so badly. Shalcheni, let me go. Yaakov says, fine, finish. Ceasefire. Right, that's it. And yet, no. Lo Says Rav Rivlin in part of one of his pieces on this week's parsha, part of one of his pieces. We learn something from this encounter, Misa Avosimilabanim. How we are supposed to react when we are in a fight, when we're in a battle. An internal battle, an external battle, when we're fighting our enemies. Again, this is this is just the parsha. One shouldn't connect this to Inyan and the Yom. It's just a 
He writes this in terms of panemius. There are messages, obviously. But he says, The angel saw he wasn't getting anywhere. He wanted a tie. He wanted, okay, nobody won, let me leave. Wonderful! Get out of here. Let me get back to my family. I've been wondering where I am the whole night. Right? The attack was thwarted. Right? If somebody, if there's an attacker, if there's an intruder, what does a person try to do? Get him out. That would make the person the happiest. Right? What? No, let me leave. No. You know, give me a bracha. Just let him leave. Says Rav Rivlin. No. Avol Yaakov, eno mistapek b'dechiyata hatkafa, lo daylo bozesh lo nizok. Im lo ne'evakim, lo ne'evakim. Says Rav Rivlin, the message is, you don't fight, don't get into fights. V'lo mochrachim l'kabal bracha, that's fine. Yaakov would have been better if the Malach wouldn't have started up with him. But the second that he's already in the fight, the second that he's with his symbolic arch enemy, the one that stands for everything that Yaakov is against, the anti-Yaakov. Once we're in the fight, I'm winning. Says Rav Rivlin, Yaakov needed the bracha. He couldn't go out with a tie once the fight started. Avalim yesh ma'avak chayavim l'natzeach v'tzarech latzeis bimenu birechush. Because when a Jew comes in contact with a force that symbolizes the opposite of what everything that they believe, they can't just walk away. They must be beneficiaries of the experience. They must walk away with something. Because you know what? If not, we're affected by the experience. And we learn this from HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. What happens? He quotes the Pesukim in Kiseitze. Based on the Pesukim in Balak, as we know, Bilam Arasha comes and wants to curse the Jews. After much pleading with God, yeah, okay, but you'll say whatever I want you to say. He goes to curse the Jews. Why didn't Hashem just make Bilam mute? Just make him mute. He should start saying something and, and not be able to talk. Why did he have to switch? Why did he have to be Mahapech, the clovis to Brachus? Why didn't he just make him mute, make him, I don't know, faint, whatever it is, and not curse the Jews? Says Rav Lovim, because once the battle, Bilam was on the battlefield, the spiritual battlefield, he was in the Ma'avak. You're in the Ma'avak, the Jew needs to win. Give him a bracha, exactly like Yaakov Avinu. You're not leaving until you give me a bracha. Ki ain't barach toni. Bilam on the bottom. Kam ka nish el sheila. V'chi lo haya dai b'stimas piv shal Bilam arasha. But he gave him a bracha. Why was the bracha needed? The answer is exactly what he said earlier. Next page. If it's if it's not in the parsha, it's fine. Be mavater on the bracha. But when one is b'sakana, when there is a situation, especially from the greatest cursor in the history of the world. Cursor with an E, right? The greatest curse in the history of the world. So it's not enough just not to curse. You're, you started this, Bilam. 
you're ending by giving them a bracha. And even further back in history, says Rav Rivlin, we might have this. Va'avadim ve'inu osam, bris ben abasarim. Kodesh Baruch Hu promises Avram Avinu he's going to be in, he, his descendants are going to be in the Eretz Olohem. They're going to be in Egypt. They're going to be surrounded by the, the, the lowliest toevos. Kamasi Eretz Mitzrayim. There's a special Pasuk in, in Sefer Vayikra. Don't act like the Egyptians. You're in there. Why do we have to leave with Rechush Gadol? Why did we need that? Let us just leave. Remember the Gemara Brachis? Moshe Rabbeinu even promises them. They said, forget the Ruchush. Just get us out. Says Rav Livlin, it's the same point. When a Jew is in battle with an enemy, with a spiritual enemy, with a representative of everything that he's against, he needs to walk away with something positive, with something, some toeles. It's not just a tie. Because there's no ties in these situations. We are always affected by everything we do in life, by every experience. And therefore, we need to walk away with a bracha. And he says in the next paragraph, on line 25, in the continuation, all of these examples, it's because of what is symbolized. If Yaakov would have just walked away, ceasefire, there's still a connection between two parties that have a treaty. There's still a connection between the two, the enemy and the and Am Yisrael. There has to be a break. And there has to be something learned from the experience, says Rav Rivlin. It's what he goes through. Amalek, and then he says on the bottom, Al-Kain, Lo hitpatech harivazem mivikoach l'anin gashvi o'idah ruchanit. As we discussed a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't a specific reason. Why did Sar Shalesov start off with Yaakov? Because ideologically, this was the antithesis of everything that he believed in. Right? We focused a few weeks ago, they were fighting in utero already because they symbolized opposites. And when they symbolized opposites, Kedusha and Tumah, there's got to be a total break and something learns from the Kodesh. That's why all the way at the end, line six, on the next page, So I'm not interested. Let me go? No. Give me a bracha. The Malach said, Havani Okay, let's call it. Let's call it. Yaakov's like, I'm not calling anything. Kedusha v'toma enam yedidim. They can't be friends. Ula olam lo yihiyu. Milchama l'ashem ba'malek midar dar. The milchama against Amalek and everything he symbolizes is in every generation until HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mamala his name and v'hayashem l'melech al-kal Up until that day, we have to walk away with a bracha from the experience. Okay. Moving right along, but staying where we are. The fight of Yaakov and Esav, Gid HaNasheh. Gid HaNasheh. Again, something that we've touched on in the past, but let's learn together the Gemara in Masechus Chulun, Adaf Tzadik, source number five. It's quoted at the beginning. There's a machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. There are a number of machlokos about Gid HaNasheh between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim. Five years ago, we spoke about the machlokas, whether it applies to non-kosher animals or not. We mentioned then a beautiful Rambam in the Pirish Mishnayis there in Chulon and Daf But here we have a different machlokas. The Chachamim hold that the Isser of Gid HaNasheh only applies to the right sciatic nerve. 
I'm sorry, the opposite. The Chachamim say applies to both. Both nerves, right and left. Rabbi says, no, only the right one. Says the Gemara, what's the reason? Why does Rabbi, what, is this a historical machlokas? Historical machlokas, the reason of the Chachamim. Says the Gemara, Taimad Rabbi Yehuda, Mishum Demalach Nogal, Rabbi Yehuda, yeah, Rabbi Yehuda says only the right one because that's the one that the Malach touched in Abraham. He touched his right thigh. V'Rabban and Amri, no. The Rabban say no. Me'achorei asi, he came from behind. V'nashye bitravayu, And he moved both of them. V'nashye bitravayu. Rashi there. He ko bishteyem atshenashu mimkomam ba'olu. He moved them both out of place. So we would learn this machlokas, not so exciting. Not so exciting, we just go to the store, get our heksher, there's no Gidanasha here, fine, wonderful. The Bear Yosef brings this machlokas alive. And again, we haven't looked at him in a while, our apologies, but Baruch Hashem right now, we have our Yosef Misalant, remember in the to his svarim, Shlomo Zalman told him that he must write his svarim. Shlomo Zalman used to listen to his drushes in Yerushalayim, and... Rav Zalman said, you must put these in print. This is one of them, maybe, that Rav Zalman was talking about. So, Machlokas, what's the message? Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim, only the right thigh, both thighs, and what is the language of, oh, he came from behind, and he loosened both of them. What exactly are we supposed to understand this? Says the Ber Yosef, What's being talked about here is a simon for all history. Line 13. A hint, the following drush. It's possible, this isn't the literal meaning, of course, but it's a beautiful drush. The Malach, there are really two parts to this thought. Here's the first part. The Malach was the Sar of Esav. The Hu Hasatan Vahayetzahara. And the Sada, Sarshal Esav, all the negative prosecuting forces in our lives. It's all the same force. The Yitzhara, the Satan, the Malchamav, the Sarshal Esav, they're all bunched together. Hainu, Sheratzalah Dichomi Derech Hashem, Velif Goa Be'emunasoa Shlema. What was he trying to do? He was trying to somehow weaken our connection to God. He was trying to distance us. But he realized he couldn't do it. Valarki Lo Yacholo. Yaakov Avinu is too strong. His emuna is unbreakable. He can't get into Yaakov. So what does he do? He touches his thigh. What does the thigh symbolize? It symbolizes the children, the later generations. Right? What comes out of a person's thigh? His zera. He can't get Yaakov. He can't get, he can't touch him. His face, his heart, the mahus of Yaakov he can't touch. So he goes for the thigh of Yaakov. Vahainu. Yaakov Yaakov was too protected and too strong for him. He goes to what comes out of his thigh. He went for the thigh. Part one. So what did he do to the thigh? What did he do to the children? The right, the left, says the Ber Yosef. We know there are two chalakim. There are two parts to our avoda. Ben Adam Lamakom and Ben Adam Lachaveru. 
Two elements to our avoda. As we know, a famous thought already mentioned by early sources, the luchos were split up into two halves. Even though in Torah Shebechsav, they're not split. It's just Aseris Adibros. Okay, it's nice to have five and five. We like that, but it doesn't say that in the Torah. In the Torah, it's just ten. But Midrashim already parallel one and six, two and seven. Five and five, there are a lot more words in the first five than in the last five. A lot more words. But that's the way it is, five and five. And we know, many sources explain, the first five, the right side of the luchos, ben Right? Even keep it of aim, which is connected to ben adamamakom. Hakar for our parents, leads to hakar for Hashem. Right side of the luchos, when you're looking at the luchos, ben Left side of the luchos, los ben adavachavero, los sinaf, los signo, los sane, los achmod. Right? Right side and left side. The right side symbolizes ben adamamakom, the left side symbolizes ben adamachavero. Next column. Right? And the Gemara even says, right? The Gemara in Shabbos, Laman Aleph, where the Goy, the potential convert, comes to Hillel and says, please teach me Torah standing on one foot. So many explain. That means, Give me one yesod of Torah. So he says, meaning, He only wanted one foot, one side. So what does Hillel say to him? That's the root of Ben Adam And now go learn, he said. Now you got to go learn the other half. Ben Okay, but either way, all of our avoda, Ben Adam Lamakom, Ben Adam Right side, Ben Adam Lamakom. Left side, Ben Adam Lachavero. A person who was complete and perfect in his avodah, we can call him someone who is strong and walking on two feet. He's shalem. He has no blemish. Ulam, line 15. Mishu lakui. If somebody is limping along in a lack for he's limping on his right foot. And if somebody is having problems with their then they're limping on their left foot. The left side of the luchos. Now he brings it home. He couldn't get Yaakov. So he goes for his descendants. What did he do? He went to be mediach them from both chalakim. Yaakov is fighting strong. And that's what he says. Beautiful. What does it say in the Psukim? Why does he name him Yisrael? Kisarisa im Elokim v'im anashim. Vatuchal. Right, what does that mean? So Rashi has to say. Im Elokim means, right, with the Malach. Im Anashim, Esav, Volavan. That's what Rashi says. Anashim means people, and Elokim means the Malach. Says the Ber Yosef, no. Im Elokim, you fought and you were successful regarding the Ben Adam Makom, the Im Anashim. You were successful in protecting yourself in the Ben Adam and you did it. You protected yourself. Ah, Yaakov, I couldn't touch you. That's the bracha. 
that he gave him. Ulam line 26. He touches descendants. What did he do to the descendants? Throughout our history, if we would pick an area which people were more wont to give up, not every generation, but let's say the past couple hundred years, what we see in our eyes, this kalkulu adoras ha'achronim, people are very nice. But, you know, our Shmiras Torah mitzvos, Beit Adam HaMakom, is what's lacking. Beit Adam HaChavero, there's no greater Baalei Chesed than the Jew. No greater Baalei Chesed. A Jew's in trouble, a fellow Jew helps him out. Wonderful, unbelievably. And we are proud of that. But Rachman was found, there are many Jews out there that only focus on that. On the Beit Adam HaChavero. And the Beit Adam HaMakom, not that comes from the Malach and Yaakov Avidu. We can describe these people about having a right limp. Right? They're focusing on the left side of the Luchos. They're having a right limp. They're a little difficult with the Lamakom. That's the Svarah of Rabbi Yehuda. The Rabbi Yehuda said that the Malach attacked the children in the right leg and therefore that's what Rabbi Yehuda describes. Say the Chacham and back to Rabbi Yehuda. He came from behind and knocked them both out of commission. What does that mean? Rabbi Yehuda, you think that you can knock out a Ben Adam HaMakom, but the Ben Adam HaChavero could remain perfect and healthy? It's not true. If you're ripping, limping on the right side, if your Ben Adam HaMakom is stained and faulty, then your Ben Adam HaChavero also has got problems too. And it's going to be faulty and misguided because it's not rooted in the Ben Adam Lamaka. So you look like it's only from the right, but he comes from behind and affects both of them. If you don't have your Shemayim, if I don't have Emuna, then even my Ben Adam Lamaka is messed up. And any time I have a little pressure, a little challenge, then I change my mind and I'm not fully following an objective. We've mentioned many times the first Bartanura, the first Rabbi Tanura on Pirkei Avos, where he asked a simple question, the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinah, Israel Yeshua, Zakedim Nevi'im, beautiful Mishnah. Where should this Mishnah be? Where should the Mishnah be? It should be at beginning of Shas. It should be in Shas. This is the Shalshalas Amasora. It should be at the beginning of Shas. And yet, where is this Mishnah? At the end of the fourth Seder of Shas. End of the fourth Seder. Ask the Bartanura. Why? What's it doing there? Explains the Bartanura beautifully, and we've mentioned this in the past. Who? Nobody needs Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai before Masechas Brachas, Erevin, or Psachim, or Yavamis. Because who else made up these laws? It's obviously divine. It's obviously from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All of a sudden, we come to Pirkei Avos. Smile when you greet a person, as we spoke about last week. I say to us, right, all of these, there, I might have thought that this is the Jewish ethics book created a thousand years ago by the great ethicists of the medieval period. Chas v'shalom. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. Or Ben Adam 
is rooted in Har Sinai as well. Is rooted in our Ben Adam HaMakom. Because if we don't have a proper Ben Adam HaMakom, if we're not fully healthy on the right side, that affects the left side. Right? There could be, you know, somebody in a hospital that thinks it's ethical and helpful to a patient to put them out of their misery and not to feed them. So they starve to death. That's, that's, what, that's what they would want. We call that murder. But if it's not rooted in the Benodom HaMakom, then the Benodom HaChaveru is going to be warped as well. That's the sheet of the Chachamim. Line 7 in the next column. V'zeo ma'sha'amru Chachamim me'achorov bo'venashye bitravayu hainu afapi shelipanim on the surface near him sha'omdim al-raglayim ha'smalos b'chosek ha'biyosher. It seems like they're strong. People can be full, perfect, wonderful ba'alei chesed. But if they don't have that connection to God, then it could get easily warped and misguided and misplaced. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, the right side, the Chachamim says both. That's the message of this Machlokas about Gid Okay. Good. Moving right along. And yet not moving anywhere, as we just said before. Third idea right here. A number of points related to Gedanasha tonight. So we know, towards the end, Yaakov says, I want a bracha. Vayisho Yaakov, vayomer hagidanashemecha. Pasach Lamid, Yaakov says, please, what's your name? At least, at least tell me your name. You're, you're a masked foe. What's your name? I don't even, I don't even know your name. We've been fighting the whole night and you didn't even tell me your name. It's an interesting question. Why does he care about what his name is? Oh, because oh, now he's giving in. Right? He didn't ask him his name the whole night. Maybe he didn't, he didn't be able to catch his breath. Interesting question. And the answer is even more intriguing. What do you care? What do you need to know my name for? He gave him a brach and he left. He didn't tell him his name. Can you please tell me your name? No. What was the question? What was the answer? So Rashi tells us, what was his name? He was really asking, what's your purpose? Who are you? And the answer is, I'm a malach, and my purpose is not permanent. Ein lanu shem kavua. Mishtanim shmoseinu. Our name, our purpose is constantly changing. It's all up to God. It's all up to what God has in store for us. He has a shlichus. That's what we're called. Says Rav Avram Shor. In another, we have two or three beautiful drushes tonight on Parshas Vayishlach. Each one of them could, could really be a whole, a whole discussion in itself. Says Rav Avram Shor. Four or five smaller thoughts that fit together to make up his point. So he quotes this, what's your name? He quotes Chazal, he quotes Rashi, the name of Chazal, that the Malach uh, keeps changing. Besifrei Musr Muva'od, line 8, Rayon Bazet, Ki be'emes ensha shem li'etzahara. Really, there's no specific name for the Yetzahara. Ki kol mitziyus ha'yetzahara hu'rak dimyon. You know why the Yetzahara doesn't have a name? Because it's all in our imagination. It's not real. There's nothing there. And he gives a mashal. He quotes the mashal. 
Skipping the uh, brackets. We think the Eitzahara. We think the the enticements of an extra hour of sleep instead of getting up and learning. We think that there's something valuable there. But really it's nothing. And he gives the mushal. It's like, it's like we're playing with a child. And, the, and we show the child, we close one of our hands. Guess which hands? Right? We have our hand closed and he thinks there's something really special and precious in there. If I yell at him, he tries to open our hand and we run away and he runs after us. And the, and the curiosity is, is unbelievable until finally he catches up and he opens the hands and it's empty. And it's empty. He says, that's the Yitzhahara. He says, He's constantly showing us hands that are closed. And, and we think there's something unbelievable in the hands. Well, come on, show me. Show me. I, I can't. I can't hold myself back. I can't. It's going to be delicious. Right? Every, every, every inappropriate act that we do, intentionally, unintentionally, we think this, there's going to be, there's going to be so much, so much olam haba in this world. Ki'ilu kar. But it's really nothing. It's an empty hand. That's the Yitzhahara. He's, he's empty. Sarosh Aleisov. He doesn't even exist. It's all in Dimyon, he says. Shalcheni Kiola Hashachar. And he continues and says, Kiola Hashachar on a deeper level. He says, Why now? Why now is he leaving? And he gives a deeper idea in the name of the Avodas Yisrael. Again, a couple of, of Jerushi ideas which fit together. Line 32 on the bottom. She'ena kavanaki tamid amrashir balosa shachar. What? Morning? Malachim always say shir in the morning? Exactly. They also have a clock in Shemayim? Right? It's dawn. Everybody up! Everybody up! Let's go! Without even seeking this morning. I mean, what does Amura shachar have to do with the, with the Malachim saying shir? Don't they say shir every second of the day? And doesn't the daytime start off with the night anyway? And in Shemayim, is there night and day? And whose night? Eretz Yisrael night? Like, which time zone are they in? They're in space. They're above space. So what do they mean the morning? So he says, no, it's nothing to do with the morning. He says, no, a malach sings when he's finished his job. That's the, that's the representation. A malach finishes his job that he was supposed to do, his tachlis that Ganesh Baruch gave him, then he sings. He just fought with Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu overcame the challenge that was put in front of him. Next column. At this moment, the Malach's jog is over. Because if you think about it, why did Hashem create the Yitzhahara? Does He want us to falter? No. It's all to make it challenging and for us to overcome. So the second that we overcome, that Yaakov overcame the challenge, there's no longer a purpose for that Yitzhahara, for that act. So he says, He says, My existence is now complete. You overcame the dimyon. You overcame at this moment. There's nothing there anymore. So I have to go say Shira. Because my job is finished. My job is finished. Continuing, How was Yaakov able to do this? How was he able to see? To overcome? Something that we all yearn for? He says, what does that mean? Next page, source eight. 
Because he saw the Malach. He saw the Sarah Shal Esav. He saw the Yetzirah for what it really was. Panim el Panim. He was able to save himself. He recognized this. He saw there was nothing there. And he says, this explains a beautiful machlokas. Again, there's a lot of halacha that we're trying to put into, into Ashkafa tonight. There's another interesting machlokas in Meseches Chulin. He quotes it on line 16. Yesh begidin beno saint tam, o ain begidin beno saint tam. We don't get an ashezaser, period. Does it give off a taste? Does it have a good taste? Machlokas. There are opinions that say, no, it's disgusting. It tastes like a piece of wood. It's ba'alma, but it's still usher. Why would it be usher then? Why would Hashem choose that? Okay, because Yaakov Avinu, his, his thigh got, got dislocated. But says Rabbi Avram Shor on a hashkafic level, because the whole act, the whole victory of Yaakov that night was that he was able to overcome something that looks delicious, that looks good, the Yetzirah, Sahara, and he was able to see right through it and realize it's tasteless, it's meaningless. The only oneg that we have is serving Hashem. That's the greatest, greatest oneg in the world. Ki, the middle of the col- middle column. Ki Isra Agid, who zecher la'olam lezos ha'molchama shal Yaakov, im saru shal Esav. V'kanis barer, and what was his victory? That it's all dimyon. It's all imagination. Anything not kosher in the world. Okay, we can want it, but we have to condition ourselves. Hashem doesn't want me to have it, so there's nothing good about it. Says that's that's the message. That's the message of what's your name? I don't exist. My shlichus is finished. I have to go say Shira. And that's why ain begidin, but no St. Tom. And then he quotes, he says, he says, this is the challenge of our generation. In our earlier generations, the challenge was we were being persecuted. And we were being, you know, uh, forced. We knew we were Jewish. And we'd be persecuted to keep the faith. He says, what's the, what's the challenge of our generation? The bottom of the middle column. He says, we just don't focus. And we don't think. We're confused. He doesn't let us think clearly. And then he quotes on line 32, Gullus America, who Gullus shall bahala. It's confusion. There's just so much gashmius there, and so much affluence, and so much, there's a lack of, the, the, the rat race, and the, the lack of Yishav Hadas, that there is there. There is an all Gullios. He's talking about this generation. Obviously, America befrat, but in this generation. He says, what do we say on Hoshana Rabbah? This is fascinating. Hoshana Rabbah, one of the Hoshanas we say on the top of the column, Hoshana Nefesh Mi Behala. The Hoshanas are beautiful. Those seven Hoshanas that we say, we just don't have time to think about it. We're running around seven times. Save the soul from confusion. If you look at that paragraph, all of the Hoshanas in that paragraph are asking Hashem, save a certain item from the, the, the biggest danger that it has. He says, Adama may error. Save the ground from being cursed without rain. Dog on me dalekes. The dog on the grain from a plague in the, in the grain. Chita me chadav. The wheat from grasshoppers. All of these. Keremitolaas. Vineyards from, from worms. Every item from the dover that's mazik it. And then we say about humans, Hoshana nefesh mi behala. 
Because behala, confusion, not being able to think straight, to think that there's something there when it's not there, not to be able to see panim el panim, he says that's, that's the greatest danger that we have in our day. But Yaakov Avinu gave us the power to overcome. And that's why he ends off by saying the last thought, Isa Bisvarim, if you switch around the letters of Yisrael, Li Rosh, I got ahead. I have a Rosh. And that's how what Yisrael means. He got this name Yisrael right after the Mal. Mal gave him his, this name. Because Yaakov wasn't Mivuhal. He used his head. He used his intellect. He thought about it. He realized. And he was Zohar to this name Yisrael, which each of us have as well. Because we are B'nai Yisrael. We are not B'nai Yaakov. And each of us have the power to use all of our kochos to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and enjoy ourselves and have a wonderful, fulfilling life all in the context of Avodah Hashem. Halekech v'alibov, a little drush. Moving right along. Okay, there's a lot, uh, lot to say. Try to fit, fit in what we can in the coming moments. Okay. Gid Hanashe, you know what, let's, oh, let's, let's do it. It's just a, it's an interesting machlokas achronim about one word, just a thought I'd mention, and then we'll get to, uh, what I, uh, really wanted to get to. If you look in the, in the Binyan Shlomo of Shlomo Mivilna, it's quoted there in source number nine, he focuses on the words, Ad Hayomazet. Al Ken Lo Yochlo Bereisos Gid Hanashe Ashal Kafayorak Ad Hayomazet. Not to, what other Isurim in the Torah say, it's Asur until today. You can't eat, pig is Asur until today. That's, maybe that's not a good example. Treif is Asr until today. Machal, others, Basar Machalav. Where does it say that? Hardly ever says that. Adayomazet. Very unusual. So the Binyan Shlomo, or Shlomo Vilna, one of the greats of 150 years ago, tells us that in his view, and I gave it to you on the next page, the next piece, in his view, La'asid Lava, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be no Isra of Gid Hanasha. That Isra is going to be nullified. Literally. You don't even need Shishim. Right? Why? Because that whole mitzvah is about the Tsaris. If you look in the Chinuch, we mentioned it last year in the Parshish year. Gidan Nashe is all about the Tsaris that a Jew goes through. And we limp through history, but we're still walking. A Jew walks. And what happened by Yaakov Shalem? Yaakov comes back to Eretz Yisrael Shalem. That's what's going to happen at the end of history. We're limping. Yes, because we're the most persecuted. But when Mashiach comes, we're not going to need that. Right? And therefore, says the, says the Binyan Shlomo, in his view, there's not going to be an Isra of Gid Hanasha, La'asid Lavo. And that's Ad Hayom Azeh until today. But not in the future. Whenever you're reading this, Ad Hayom Azeh. But not in the future. Many Achronim argue, they say, but everybody counts it as a mitzvah. There's only three mitzvahs in all the Sefer Bracious. Right? This is one of them. And the Rambam says clearly, that a mitzvah needs to be eternal for it to be called a mitzvah. Even la salavo. Even la salavo should be a mitzvah. Right? So that's the, that's one of the reasons why they say the Rambam didn't count the Fyrus Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Many answers given, but one is because we say in the Haggadah. Right? Yimei chayech al-mazek, kol yimei chayech al-mazek, kol yimei chayech al-mazek, but we don't pass on Ben Zom. We pass on the other opinion. Afilulelos. So there's no marker for uh, Yimei Samashiach. Okay, there are other answers as well. But anyway, this is an interesting machlokas between the Binyan Shlomo and others. Feel free to look up the acronym in terms of Gid Hanasha La'asilav. Okay, but now let's get to the move on out of Gid Hanasha. Perek Lamed Dalad. 
Paraglamadalit. Vatetse Dina Bas Leia. Dina goes out. Asher Yodoli Yaakov, Lir Oth Bevrosaharetz. Rashi already picks up on Vatetse Dina Bas Leia. What about Bas Yaakov? Why Bas Leia specifically? So Rashi says, Velo Bas Yaakov, Ella Al Shem Yitziata, Nikres Bas Leia. No, because her going out, she's called Bas Leia. Sha'afhi. Yatsanitaita. Because Leah was also a Yatsanit. She also went out. Leah went out to him and says, you know, it's my turn tonight. But Dina was a Yatsanit by Shrem, just like Leah was a Yatsanit. Ask them a first and what we're ranking on Leah. Yeah, Leah was a Yatsanit. Yeah, Dina just followed her, her, her mother. But it's a Gnai. This is one of the Imos. Ask the Sheminatov in the second volume. It says Leah went out to, to Yaakov there because remember the story with the Dugdaim and Leah says it's my turn tonight and they had Yisachar from that from that relationship. So that was a Gnai. You're saying Leah was a Yatsanit? How do you compare the two? It must be said to Shem and Atov. This is a two, two thoughts he has. It's just the opposite. We know that Shevach. We know Leah was Beshevach because she received Yisachar. And we know she was Beshevach. That's the message. Just like Leah was a Yatsanit, L'shem Shamayim, so too Dina was a Yatsanit, L'shem Shamayim. Meaning what? It must be, says the Shem Atov, that Dina had tremendous powers to be Machzer people Latov. And she went out and she tried to get people back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was her power. And that's the parallel to Leah. What was she doing here going out? If it was good by Leah, it's good here. What was good? It must be that she was going out like her, right? Her great, right? Her, her great, great, right? Her great grandfather, Avram Avinu, right? To, to go convert the masses. Leah had, Dina had that power. And that's what, that's the parallel to Leah. And this also explains beautifully what many of you might have always been wondering. What I've always been wondering. What is Rashi quoted at the beginning of the parasha? Yaakov was punished because he put Dina in the box. Because he didn't want Esav to take Dina. Esav was a Russia. Wasn't that normal security? He didn't want her to, he didn't want him to see Dina. The answer is, says the Shem Natov, known Dina at tremendous kochos. Tremendous kokos lahachzir anashim lamutav to do well to do better. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Yaakov, "You did this to Dina. Maybe she could have had an effect on Esav a little bit, a little bit." But it's the same message in both places. Part one, part two, part two. We know also once we're talking about Leah and Bas Leah, Dina was Bas Leah. What's the emphasis? So we mentioned, I think, last week. If not, we mentioned it in the past years. Bas Leah, because originally Leah was pregnant, if you remember, with Yosef. And Rachel was pregnant with Dina. But Chazal say that she foresaw Leah's gonna have le- Rachel's going to have less kids than one of the maidservants. She davened. And the first uterine switch in history, Leah. So talking to Yonah Semenuzio. Last week's parasha, Leah got Dina and, and uh, Rachel got, got Yosef. Ask the Shemenatov. Why don't we see any schar given to Leah for that? 
And that's Basle in our Pasek, to emphasize Basleya, because Leia Davin, that she should have this daughter. We don't find that Leia was, like, like Rachel gave away, Leia gave away her husband, Leia gave away her son. We don't find such a great Milus spoken about. The Yesh Lomar says the Shem Atov. You know why? Because what made Leia do that? What made Leia, who taught Leia to be so sensitive to another? Where did she get that from? She got that from her younger sister. Her younger sister taught her this. And all mice and tovim goes back to the source and goes back to the roots. Hakol Rachel, Remember, Rachel didn't know if she was going to get to marry Yaakov after. Maybe she was going to go to Esau. But Leah saw that Mesiris Nefesh. That's why she was able to do that. So it all goes back to Rachel. Why doesn't Leah? Leah did it. But Rachel is the main one because she was the one that caused both of these actions to occur. So two points from the Shem Tov. Number one, the personality of Dina related to Leah, re-understanding that Rashi. And number two, why Leah didn't get the credit for getting Dina Bas Leah, because it all goes back to Rach. Two more points. One is just factual. Just something that we should be aware of. And that is, this, I might have mentioned this in the past, the Sefer HaChinuch, not here. There's only one Chinuch in this week's Parsha, Gidan Asha, but the Chinuch in Parsha is Chanon. In Mitzvah Tov Tes Zion, on the Mitzvah of Losis Aved, the end of the Aseret Sadibros. There the Chinuch says, talking about Losis Aved, the Mitzvah applies to all men and women, and he says, the Isser of not to covet, Losis Aved, applies to non-Jews as well. Non-Jews. One second. I learned the Sheva Mrs. Brein Alach. There's only seven. Right? Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, and the big three. Eber, Menachai, Berch, Hashem, Gezel, Dinim, and the big three. Right? This is, Losis Ave is not up there. Says the Chinuch, Gam kolbenei ha'olam mechuyavimba, lefishu hu'anaf lemitzvas Gezel. This is an extension of Gezel. Shehi achas men ha'sheva mitzvah. That's one. The altite b'ni, and this is a Yisod Gadol that the Chinuch says. Don't make a mistake, b'ni bazeh ha'cheshben. And don't jump on me and says, well, that's eight. Right? Seven, that's eight. Says the Chinuch. Seven categories of b'nei noach mitzvos. We should not think there are seven verses 613. Those seven are really categories of mitzvos. And there could be a number of mitzvos that are included in each of those. What's included in Geza? What's included in Giliarayos? What's included in Avodah Zarah? Could be there are 40 mitzvahs that the Bnei Noach are, are, are obligated in. So that's just something we need to re- remember. It's not 7 verses 613. Right? It's 7... It's, it's 613 verses, 7 categories. But there's a whole Pratim. All those apply to non-Jews as well. And there are many of them. This is just to mention, we have to realize that they have seven categories. A Jew, the godless of being a Jew, says the Chinuch, is that Hashem gives us 
more mitzvos. He makes each one a separate mitzvah. He doesn't just give us categories. He gives them more mitzvos, each one counted counted separately. That's at the end of To be us. Everything we do could be a mitzvah. Okay, there's a lot more there, but that's a very crucial Sefer Achinov to be aware of from Parshas Voeschanan. Why are we mentioning this here? Because a big discussion, I forgot to preface it with this, a big discussion of the Sheva Mitzvahs are in the Rishonim in this week's Parsha on the story of Shechem and Shimon and Levi. Were they Chayav Misa? Yes. Which of the Sheva Mitzvahs did they violate? Machlokas Rambam and the Ramban, which we've mentioned in the past, but that's why I brought this here, because this is a Parsha to talk about the Sheva Mitzvahs. Okay, last thought, last thought for the evening. Let's go to the end of the Parsha. The end of the Parsha, we have all of the families, the lineage of Esau, and all of his alufim, and all of the officers, you look at the last Pasuk, aluf Magdiel, aluf Iram, the officer of Magdiel and Iram, Ela alufei Edom, these are the alufei Edom, Edom who comes from Esau, Lomosh Mosam, Be'eretz Achuzasam, in their Moshavos, in the land that they live, who Esau of the Edom. This is Esau of the Edom. So, if we read this Pasuk, if we thought the earlier machlokas about Gid Hanasha was not so exciting and not something to build a Parsha Shirvart from, I think this Pasik would probably even be a stronger candidate for not so exciting. Right? The Pasik about Esav's officers, Aluf Magdi Aluf Iram, these are the Alufim, they lived in their Erasachuzasam, this is Esav. This is not one of the most exciting Psukim. Says Rabbi Frand in the name of Rav Hutner. Unbelievable. This is the second volume of Rabbi Franz on the Parsha. He says there's a tremendous limud from this Pasuk that is true in our day. The truth is, is that no Pasuk, as irrelevant as it may seem to us, is actually irrelevant. The Torah is timeless, and if we dig deep enough, we will find that each Pasuk carries a message for every generation. A case in point is this last Pasuk in our Parsha. Aluf Magdiel. What does it say? These are the Alufim of Edom. Lomoshvosam be'eretz achuzasam. In the land in which they live. What do we need that phrase for? These are all the places of the Moshevos of Esau in the land in which they live. What do we need that for? To know that Esau lived in his land in Edom. Does this have any bearing on our lives? What is the Torah teaching us by this? Says her, my friend, obviously, as we know, Eretz Israel, Israel is a tiny country. A small slice of land, turning over the page, that is smaller than almost every state in the United States of America. It's tiny. And yet, if anybody has never looked at a map and they just listen to the news every day, they would think it's like one of the largest countries in the world based on quantity of press that it gets. Why? The world's obsession with Eretz Yisrael. It's a, it's a Rashi in Zosah Bracha. Rashi says every king wants a chalik, wants to be called on that. But the question is as follows. And this question is posed by Rav Hutner. Why? What is it? Okay, you could say Esav son Yaakov. But Rav Hutner goes deeper. And Rav Hutner said this thought 
If you remember, those were a little, uh, remember the time, in the 1970s, Rahman al-Islan, there were tremendous high, tremendous number of hijacked planes. All different Arab cults were trying to to uh, to show right the whole uh, Entebbe seventies the eighties the end of the eighties with Jimmy Carter trying to get the hostages anyway a lot of hijacked planes Rav Hunter was on one of those hijacked planes famous discussion in the in at the time was about Rav Hunter Gadol Hadar right do you pidyon shvuyim more than the amount of a regular shavui either way Baruch Hashem Rav Hunter came out safely. But when he came out, he said, there's a difference between Edom and Yishmael. Edom, Christianity, who comes from, which comes from Edom, which comes from Esav, they've been, obviously, throughout the history, pogroms and crusades. But they were never focused on Eretz Yisrael, specifically. Wherever we were, they didn't specifically have an infatuation with the land of Israel, the Christians. The Muslims do. Yishmael. Why? They both hate us. Wonderful throughout history. They both tortured us. They both had their, their terrible this terrible times with the Jews. And yet Christianity wasn't specifically... Oh, their church is wonderful here. But it wasn't part of their blood. The Christians, they, they, we don't hear from the Vatican that they want to push us into the sea. But what about from the two billion Arabs? They can't have us here. Yeah, you could go to somewhere else. Why? Says Rav Hudner, because of this Pusik. Esav, Edom got a land. Leave! Leave! Moshvosam be'eretz achuzasam. Next page. Yishmael on the was never given any land. Most countries were not, most, most, most people weren't given lands. But Yishmael feels it painfully. Why? Because they're so close to us. They're also a son of Yaakov, and they were thrown out. Yishmael was banished from Avram's household shortly after Yisrael was born. No Yerusha. Why can't Yisrael go to Chazara? We were the chosen nation. It's because they will never get over their resentment towards us. Just take anywhere else in the world. There's plenty of land. But they can't get past it. No matter how much land they manage to appropriate, consider that Saudi Arabia is 700 times larger. Think about all the Arab lands and think about how little tiny you have enough. The Arab countries won't take them in. Why? Because they all want us. They all want our land. This Pasuk tells us why Edom's hashkafa throughout history has been different. They can't deal with it. They can't take any other lands. They just want ours. And if we'd be somewhere else, you know what? They probably want that one too. Because of going back. But that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to do. And that's what Hashem told Avram to do. Listen to Sarah. That's the way of the world. I'd be as gold. Tzedek, as Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should take us away from all of our troubles. All of our troubles from Yishmael and from Edom. And Be'ez Hashem, just give us Shalom and Bracha. Give us Hashem next week. We'll get back to Wednesday.